rainbow bright. Welcome to Brightcast. Thank you for downloading. My name is Renee Stowe of rainbowbright.co.uk. And I'm Katie Carty Hiley of rainbowbright.net. This is episode number five for September of 2013. And before we get into our main topic, we need to cover the Rainbow Bright Hallmark ornament that was released just a month or two ago. This is the 30th anniversary ornament of Rainbow Bright, which you know, they could have done a little more for us, I think, on their, her 30th anniversary than giving us just an ornament. But at least they did something. <laughs> I think Renee and I both were at Hallmark bright and early the morning it was released so we could pick a couple. Yeah, tell us how it was in your store. I know it was a little crazier there. My local Hallmark store is in the mall. And so I actually arrived an hour before they were supposed to open. I arrived at nine o'clock and they didn't open till 10. Because apparently, according to the other ornament collectors, the premieres are a big thing. And so I was out there with like four or five other people going, well, last year they opened up at nine. Well, not this year. And I felt so out of whack because I was like, oh, are you a collector? Not really. Like I am, but not of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at my store, they had, like, apparently in the area, there is a Hallmark Collectors Club that you can, like, pay dues to and be a member of. And they have meetings, like, four times a year. And they were, like, hardcore. Some of them brought some of their old ornaments, like, from the 70s on. And they had these books of all the ornaments that Hallmark has ever made and their value and, and so forth. And it was kind of an odd moment for me because I felt like this kindredness between me and them because we're both avid collectors, but we're avid collectors of two completely different things. <laughs> so I definitely did talk to them and I may just go to a meeting to check it out because it, it might be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I made a beeline straight for the wall where they were all hanging and my eyes were searching for the rainbow and, you know, laid eyes upon her and was just beside myself with glee. Um, and I think my store had four, maybe five of them in stock that first day. And I got a couple. Um, I know some people were saying their stores were selling out really fast. So I'm glad she's been a really popular mm -hmm. ornament so far. I love the fact that she was hanging right beside Kermit the Frog on the display case. And he, when you push a button, sings the Rainbow Connection. That was just inspired. <laughs> <laughs> well, for... My store, the first thing that I did is they had the curtains all over everything, so you couldn't see what was there. So I was like, did they get her? Because not all Hallmark stores got all the ornaments. Oh. I wasn't sure if they were going to have her. So I, they, they took down the curtains, and I saw her just dangling there, and I was like, yes! And I, I grabbed a couple. And then we brought them home, and we opened them, and when we went, oh, she's adorable! <laughs> They did a good job on her, I think. It's really detailed. Um, you know, the sculpting and the paint job. It's, yeah, it's better than I expected, honestly. And it's a good size. It's not tiny. I mean, it's not huge, but it's not tiny, tiny. Yes, the, the detail of the paint on the face is really good. I remember in a previous podcast, you had said that you wish that they had a date on her. Well, the date is actually hidden under her foot, which is just says Hallmark 2013. Which does give you the year, but nothing anniversary-wise. Which I actually kind of like, because the one thing I don't like is going to get an ornament and it have a date on it. So it's only for that year. That's true. Without the date being displayed, it gives it a better resale value, in my opinion. Yeah, 
I can see that. Good point. Um, the only thing I would caution fans out there who purchase these ornaments, be careful when you're handling them because <laughs> the one I took out of the box, um, I was just, I was gently handling in my hand, turning her around upside down, looking at every detail and the leg it's her, I guess, right leg that's, you know, bent in, in the bent position fell off. So it's, it's not attached as well as the other leg apparently, and it will easily just fall right out. So if that happens, take some super glue, stick it back in, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but don't be too alarmed if that happens, because it has happened to me as well. <laughs> uh, but she can stand on her on her own, which I think is cool too, because I want to display one, you know, year round um, in my collection room. So I love the fact that she can actually stand up. She doesn't have to be hanging the ornament is is very, very nice. I don't know how it was sculpted, um, if it was done with a computer or if it was done by hand, but it's very well done. Uh, the details on her face, her little smile, uh, her eyes, uh, very, very pretty. The only thing that I can see is I think there's always been a huge debate about the pattern of the colored rings on her sleeves. Mm. Of which one comes first? <laughs> <laughs> But I think they did it true to the old Rainbow Bright. Mm-hmm. Although even in some of the old Rainbow Bright artwork, it differs. So kind of like Starlight's mm-hmm. Mean. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if there's one true order. Um, but it, it definitely matches some of the Rainbow Bright artwork I have from old school items. So I think they did a good job of doing their research when they were getting, mm-hmm. you know, when they were putting together the details of, of the figure. And I like the little story on the back of the box. It says, when it comes to saving the day in a colorful way, no one can top Rainbow Bright. Along with her horse Starlight and her sprite friend Twink, the sweet heroine works to protect the world from the forces of dullness and murk. It's a job that takes lots of courage and even more star sprinkles, but Rainbow Bright is always up for the challenge. And, you know, it makes me really happy whenever they say Twink and not Twinkle, because Twink is his proper name. (laughs) So I'm glad that they included him, even though he's not in the figure. I thought it was cute that they included him and Starlight as, you know, main characters. And we can thank Anita Mara Rogers, who was the one who created or designed this ornament. And we can also thank one of the fans, Justin Perryman, got in touch with me. His sister works at Hallmark and she met Anita And so she actually introduced Justin to Anita as well. And he got us a couple of signed ornaments um, signed by the, by the artist, Anita. So thank you so much, Justin. That is so, so awesome. (laughs) I don't know about you. I totally had a fan squee moment there. (laughs) I did too. When it was just so amazing. I love autograph stuff. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Right? And I love that the artist, you know, takes pride, obviously, in her work and cared enough about Rainbow Bright that was she was willing to meet a fan and do something like that. You know, a lot of these artists would probably just be like, oh, I'm too good for this or I'm too busy or whatnot. But I love that she took the time to meet with one of the fans. So thank you, Anita. Thumbs up. (laughs) And thank you to Justin for thinking about us. That was so sweet. Yes, that was so, so very sweet. I can't thank you enough, Justin. Big cyber hug. (laughs) Another other thing we wanted to go over, because Halloween is going to be coming up soon, next month, 
Katie found out about a new Rainbow Bright costume piece that was available. Yes, this is for the new redesigned Rainbow Bright. But the last, maybe it was last year or the year before, they came out with the armbands and leg warmers. Um, It was like an accessory kit that you could buy kind of to make your own Rainbow Bright costume. And the picture always showed a girl in a kind of like a light blue leotard and a skirt that looked like rainbow skirt and a color belt. But they had never sold any of those items. And finally this year, they've come out with the color belt that you can buy on Elope's website. Um, If you go to elope.com, E-L-O-P-E.com. Um, and just type in Rainbow Bright. It'll take you to the items. They've got the wig and the armbands and leg bands and so forth. Um, and then the belt. And it'll have a link to where you can purchase it. I think it's like $10. Um, and it's it's actually really cute. I got one recently. And the star on it is very prismatic and shiny. Uh, the band itself is stretchy material. Um, it's really bright colors. So I think it would go well um, as a costume accessory for sure. And didn't you also get the full costume before? I did. They also That's true. They also make a separate full dress. It includes a dress with hooped foam sleeves and attached rainbow belt. And then matching rainbow leg and arm warmers come with it. And it's a more, it's a shiny material. It's kind of like futuristic rainbow bright, sort of. <laughs> but I like it. It's kind of cool. Um, yeah, the belt is shiny. The armbands and leg bands are this shiny metallic kind of material. Uh, and the dress itself is a little bit of that as well. Um, I think that came out maybe a couple years ago. And then the armbands and leg bands came out afterward. And they're just a knit like cotton uh, type material. So there are several options available for Rainbow Bright costumes this year. One other thing I wanted to mention before we got started, um, I launched a new website recently. Uh, RainbowBright.net obviously is still there. Not going anywhere, don't worry. But I wanted another way to kind of honor the fans of Rainbow Bright and all of their creations because right now they're just spread across the web and if you do a Google search you can find a lot of stuff but sometimes it's difficult and you get kind of overwhelmed so I thought it would be nice to make a place where we can kind of consolidate so I made rainbowbright.org which is a domain name I've had for years and it's always just pointed to rainbowbright.net but now it has its own separate site so if you go there you can view Rainbow Bright um, costumes, crafts, tattoos, um, fan art, all number of fan creations. And you can also submit your own. So if you have created something Rainbow Bright related um, or have something to share, even fan uh, fan fiction, um, stories, whatever, um, please go to the submit page and submit that and I'll be happy to put it up for you. And you can also go and comment on people's um, submissions. Yeah, so tell people how awesome you think their creations are. (laughs) That will be a very handy tool. A lot of fans, they used to go to the forums to to share art and such. But this is a nice way of feeling like you're really being featured. Yeah. It amazes me the amount of talent that's in the Rainbow Bright community. Oh, me too. It's fantastic. And, you know, these days when we're not getting anything new from Hallmark or other distributors... This is really what keeps the fandom alive. This is what gives us new material, new things to look at, new ideas, new stories. So the fans are really what's keeping Rainbow Bright going at this point and will, you know, into the future. Even if Hallmark does release a new Rainbow Bright series or movie or whatever in the future, um, there's always going to be the fans there making their own creations. So thank you guys so much for keeping the rainbow alive. Woo! 
(laughs) (laughs) So now let's get into the episode. This episode is actually very special. It's one that we've been skipping (laughs) in which we go over the Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer movie. We skipped over it to do the episodes, but the Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer feature film actually came out in between the television specials and the episodes. Uh, So now we're actually going to be going over it and its storyline. And what year was this 1985 that the movie came out? Yes, November 15th, 1985 is when this got released at theaters. Awesome. Okay. So at the beginning of the movie, kind of leads in, you're at this dark fortress castle place, a scary kind of music playing in the background. And we meet Orin, who is the wise old sage sprite. And he's pleading with the evil princess to not do this horrible thing she's wanting to do. And sadly, it's not working because she's a jerk. Uh <laughs> Yes, the, the princess is highly spoiled and wants to have everything for herself and won't listen to what he's trying to warn her about. So she gets her guards to send him away, though we're not exactly sure where, only as he leaves, he pleads to speak to his horse. Meanwhile, in Rainbowland, it is the first day of spring and you see everything sort of waking up in Rainbowland. And this little bee falls out of of a leaf that he's been curled up in for winter, I assume. And then you see a slumbering starlight in the grass and the bee's trying to wake him up and he won't get up. So it stings him, which is hilarious. How rude. (laughs) It's hilarious. The look on his face when he wakes up. Yes. What the heck? And then begins the first of two songs that are in this movie. And I'm glad there was only two songs. I didn't want it to be oversaturated with music. Yeah. Then it just becomes cheesy. But is Brand New Day. Which gets stuck in my head more often (laughs) than I care to admit. (laughs) You and a lot of people. I've seen several reviews of Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer where people just get addicted to that song. It's really good. It's very catchy. But the first part of it... Which, you know, it bugs a lot of people, and it does bug me too, was the first lyric in that song is, wake up flowers, I've been up for hours. No! And he (laughs) just woke up. (laughs) Lies, it's all lies. (laughs) Who knows, maybe it took him an hour to to come up with the song, and maybe it's actually an hour ahead of time when he starts to sing. I don't know. (laughs) Time moves differently in Rainbow Land. So, (laughs) but yeah, it's an adorable song. It leads into Rainbow Land and the Color Castle. So all of the color kids join in and then they finally go in and wake up Rainbow Bright, which is kind of adorable and creepy at the same time. Because I don't know if I would want to be woken up by a bunch of people standing around my bed singing at me, but but it works in, in in this universe. So she wakes up. And apparently she sleeps fully clothed. Yeah. And and her hair is perfectly, you know, managed. It's not sticking up in weird places. <laughs> and she's just ready to go. You know, opens her eyes and bam, I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> so she joins in. Um, colors a butterfly on her way out. Because that's what she does. And they kind of march her out of the color cave, still singing, and send her off to Earth to begin spring. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, this is happening in the pits. Lurky is all excited. It's spring, it's spring. Murky, it's spring. And he's 
Lurky's so cute, but Murky's saying, no, there won't be any spring anymore because of his new machine, the Super Gloom Boomer, which he has invented to take over Rainbow Land, as Murky does. Unfortunately, (laughs) the uh, machine gets knocked away from him and starts rolling towards Rainbow Land, and so they have to chase after it in the Grinch buggy. Yes. And one thing I forgot to mention... When all the color kids are standing around Rainbow's bed singing to her, if you pay attention on Tickled Pink's cheek, she has a tulip little imprint, um, kind of like Rainbow Bright's star. And I remember earlier, the earlier days of the fandom when we didn't have these large screen TVs and DVD quality film, so we could stop it on that on that scene and really get a good a good shot of it of what it was. Um, for a while, we thought it was just a, another star, like. And I think that's kind of what started up the speculation of maybe she was a grown-up baby bright. But then in episodes, she didn't have anything on her cheek. So that was always kind of a a weird thing for fans for years. I and mean, nobody's ever really come up with a good solution. But <laughs> if you notice. <laughs> in comparison between the movie and the comic book to commemorate the release of the movie... Uh, Warner Brothers, uh, who is also in charge of DC Comics, released a comic book in of the movie. And there's lots of little inconsistencies between the comic book and the movie, but it's basically the movie in book form and Tickled Pink isn't listed at all. So, And she doesn't speak in this. So I'm thinking she was added probably a little later as they were developing the toys along with the film. Uh, so maybe mm-hmm. she was supposed to have a different job than they decided on when they finished. I mean, her her job nowadays is to uh, take care of the sun. Right. Or for a while, I believe she took care of pastel colors. Mm-hmm. And the girl sprites. Uh, so maybe, right. maybe one of the earlier theories around her was that she was supposed to be like this little, I don't know, flower child or something. <laughs> I'm now I'm now imagining her as a as a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> but yeah, it's just an interesting thing to note uh, while watching this movie. Yeah, I, and I agree about the tickle pink slash baby bright theory because to be honest, that's what I thought it was. Because you didn't see baby bright in the episode, and then they released the toys later. I thought it was baby bright. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the outfits are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah it makes you wonder in their planning stages behind the scenes. You know what conversations went on uh, as far as her character, and I assume it was just because the show got canceled so early. They never had an opportunity to make an episode to explain it. I hope they were going to, um, but as far as we know, there are no notes to that effect. So we. We'll probably just never know. Maybe uh, we can find out maybe in Germany because her character, which was Penny Popper Pink over there, uh, did get more of a history, I believe, I think. Uh, I don't know for sure. I know that she is mentioned in the story tapes and in the comic books, but I don't know what the stories are. Very good point. And we will get to that topic on another episode. So (laughs) keep listening. But meanwhile, after Murky and Lurky are dealing with their latest um, catastrophe, uh, we see Rainbow and Starlight flying up through some really dark clouds. 
as they exit Rainbow Land to go to Earth. And we get to see Stormy. And this, I believe, is for both of us, is one of our favorite scenes in the Ooh. entire series. Because <laughs> Stormy is just so... <laughs> I don't know. She's wonderful. Um, but she's very stubborn and she does not want winter to end. She's having way too much fun making it rain and storm and snow. And Skydancer is having just as much fun um, kicking his hooves around, making lightning. Uh, but this scene is so cute. Why don't you guess through it? If you think about it, this is time for a, apparently what appears to be an annual race between Rainbow Bright and Stormy. So it also kind of reminds me of, is she like the groundhog of Rainbow Land or something? Because <laughs> did she see her shadow? No. What happens is if Stormy beats Rainbow through the storm clouds, then it's going to be winter a little bit longer. But if Rainbow beats her, spring comes on schedule. So you see what I mean here. So mm-hmm. Stormy hops on her horse, Sky Dancer. And they start racing through the rain clouds. And, of course, Starlight, being the most magnificent horse in the universe, is going to let that happen for too long. And they come racing through and actually do bypass them, running out of the other side of the storm clouds. And the air already starts to become moist because Sky Dancer has this odd talent of when he blows air through his nose it came out in ice crystals but when he does it at the end it comes out as a soft mist and turns into a rainbow which is cute i love that part so much (laughs) (laughs) but it makes me wonder were they ever going to make a storyline where she does win and there's a long winter maybe that's where game of thrones came from oh god (laughs) (laughs) the endless winter because stormy won the race Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a really cute scene. And then we get to go to Earth and meet Brian again, who is one of our favorite characters, I think. Uh, Brian is apparently, uh, I assume, going on his paper route again. Uh, and his bike goes out of control. But of course, Rainbow saves him with the rainbow. And they're commenting about how it's still snow and it's very cold. So she makes a rainbow to melt the snow, but the snow does not melt. So they're like, well, maybe the snow- star sprinkles are tired after the winter. <laughs> but they've never been tired before. I like Twink's lines here. <laughs> so they decide to go back to Rainbow Land to try to see what's wrong. Well, meanwhile that this is happening, Murky and Lurky are returning to the pits with their machine, which they have apparently been able to run down. And he has to now fix it because it's been fallen into disrepair from falling down the rail. <laughs> and they see a shooting star. It, it crashes actually in between the pits and Rainbow Land, mostly towards the pits, though. Uh, they're trying to think about what it is, and Murky's like, stay back, it could explode. Go see what it is. And <laughs> th- this comes this funny line, I love it. it Lurky goes, okay, Murky, I'll go see what it is. It's a lot of smoke, Murky. <laughs> smoke rises a huge mechanical horse and that just makes Lurky even more happy you know it's like oh horsey a horsey I get to ride a horsey I love him and the horse comes down and is like rainbow bright 
are you rainbow bright? And he's like, no, I'm not rainbow bright. And Murky's like, well, no, no, he does. I think Murky, uh, Lurky's about to say no. And Murky's like, yes, I'm rainbow bright. And Lurky's like, Murky, I never knew. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously Onyx scans him and knows full well this is not rainbow bright. So they send him off in the direction of rainbow land to where rainbow actually is. And I think Murky kind of jumps on top of him for a minute. Uh, trying to hitch a ride, and then he kind of shakes him off. So he falls down. But then they are very curious as to why this mechanical horse has come to the planet looking for Rainbow Bright. So they take off to hide and spy on what's going on. Actually, he says that he has a message for Rainbow Bright about a diamond, in which Murky is like, a diamond? <laughs> so he wants to know about everything about this diamond so that he can, you know, cash in. <laughs> Of course, of course, that's what he does. Um, so at this time, Rainbow Bright arrives back in Rainbow Land, and there's Onyx, and the sky gets dark. It's kind of ominous. I remember when I first watched the movie, I thought there was just something wrong with the tape. I was like, why did it get dark all of a sudden? Because <laughs> it's not dark, dark. It's just darker. Um, but yeah, obviously now I can tell it was on purpose. <laughs> What I thought was interesting, it almost reminded me of a parallel between Star Wars and this, like, you know, push button is like, I keep imagining, you know, a little hologram Orin standing there. <laughs> Help us, Rainbow, you're all jump. <laughs> exactly. That's hilarious. I really want somebody to make fan art that shows that now. <laughs> well, I keep on thinking of some extra things that they could have done, you know, animation wise. Cause you know, you say that Onyx scans Murky uh, earlier. I think it would have been cute to have something, you know, all a RoboCop or, or even Terminator where it shows him scanning. Yes. That would be cool. Not really. That would right. be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just blinks big red letters. Not Rainbow. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh, they totally missed an opportunity there. Yes. <laughs> but, um, so Onyx starts to tell his message that Spectra is in danger. And Murky and Lurky are obviously in the background listening in. So all the color kids are like, what's Spectra? So Rainbow has to explain that Spectra is the diamond planet that all light in the universe passes through. Um, and without Spectra, there is no light, there is no color, etc. The universe would die. Bad things will happen if anything happened to Spectra. Although it was all, it was always a little odd to me that the color kids didn't know about Spectra, because supposedly they have been in Rainbow Land longer than Rainbow Bright, are older than Rainbow Bright, for for what we can tell from you know little things out of the episodes and mm -hmm. so forth. And especially Shy Violet, where is Shy Violet in her books? She needs a book about Spectra that would explain everything. I, that's just always what I assumed was going to happen. And a little odd, but it works. It could be Spectra maybe where the sprites are from. And maybe that's why the sprites know about them more. True. Yeah. And then he mentions, mentions Orin. It's Rainbow Bright. She says, the only Orin I've ever heard of is the one the sprites tell stories about at bedtime. And, but he's not real. And... Twink goes, yes, he is. <laughs> that's, that's as far into it as they go. Yeah. Basically, Onyx has to get Rainbow Bright to come with him to Spectra 
to find out what's going on to help this mysterious Orin. So she she says that she will go because she has to protect Spectra because protecting Spectra is protecting the universe and without it, there's going to be no color. There's not going to be anything and they'll all die, which is very dark if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> so she says that she will go and I think it is sad that she didn't get take Twink with her. Me too. And then he, he's like, home rainbow or whatever his little very very sad line is i know but and stormy offers to help in her absence as well which was cool mm-hmm. she ne- says she never gets to make things colorful so she gets to try on what rainbow bright has to do uh by i guess continuing to mine for color crystals because that's all I, the only thing yeah. i really see them doing later mm-hmm but uh, before they, they finish all this, Murky and Lurky, they decide to hightail it back to the pit so that they can start working on a way to get to Spectra first before hearing the rest of the message. So Rainbow Bright says that she will go. So she gets onto Starlight and they follow Onyx out of Rainbow Land. And Murky and Lurky are in the pits, you know, making, again, out of that pile of junk, most likely, that they have hanging around. <laughs> Uh, a, a spaceship, which I thought was hilarious because you see Lurky, you know, gathering all this stuff in a picnic basket and getting into the grunge buggy and then slams it into the back of the ship. <laughs> and Murky, a villain who is capable of space travel by throwing a bunch of junk together, cannot beat Little Rainbow Bright. That <laughs> just cracks me up. I'll build a spaceship, no problem. Stop a little girl. Oh, that, that's beyond my control. I'm, I'm sorry. That's... <laughs> uh, but they get to Spectra. And first of all, Bombo, one of the Spectran sprites, scoots over, slides over, you know, on his fuzzy slippers and is telling Scar- Starlight not to scratch the surface of Spectra because it's his job to keep it nice and shiny, um, buff out any scratches and they notice that there are a bunch of sprites sitting around covering the planet with ropes and they're trying to talk to these sprites like what are you doing you can't cover spectra you're blocking the light and they're just no response um no even no sign that they're even hearing someone talking to them so they're asking bombo well hey what's going on and why don't you stop them and he's like that's not my job my job is to clean stuff or whatevs <laughs> So Onyx explains the princess is making them do this because she wants to pull the planet with her spaceship back to where she lives because she she wants to steal it because it's a huge gem and that's the only thing she loves in life are gems and collecting them. So the, she was, that's why they're making the rope so she can pull it. So the glitter bots, who are these huge mechanical robots, uh, show up and they're the ones that have been hypnotizing the sprites to make them do this and they try to capture Rainbow Bright and Starlight. But I love that <laughs> Rainbow and Starlight are way too smart for these robots. So they just pretend to be hypnotized. They sit down at the rope and start mumbling and or whatever mm-hmm. and tying ropes together <laughs> so that the glitterbots will ignore them. And the glitterbots actually like spit out more rope. It's like, "Okay, you're doing a good job. Here's some more." <laughs> They see Starlight. He's like, okay, he's doing his job. He has no fingers. What is he doing? And then <laughs> you see Rainbow, and she's making booties. And they think, no, you're not making rope. You're doing something completely different. But I love the fact that in, the, in 30 seconds, she was able to weave four booties. 
for Star Wars. Right? <laughs> That's talent. That is talent. <laughs> she doesn't need knitting needles. She just, no, magic. It's all she <laughs> Onyx jumps in front of the Glitterbots as he's about to blast Rainbow with his hypnotizing ray. And she quickly gets up, puts the booties on Starlight, who whines. Oh, my poor dignity. <laughs> I will not wear booties. He and Rarity <laughs> need to get together or something. Oh, right? I mean, the perfect couple. <laughs> totally. And they run away, but the glitter bots are trying to find them. At the same time, Murky and Lurky have crashed their spaceship onto the planet and made a huge scratch, which makes Bombo very irate. <laughs> <laughs> But then we get back to Rainbow Ray and Starlight running away from the Glitterbots. Yes, and they see a river of... It's not water. I, at first I thought maybe it was a river of, like, star polish or something. Because it's really <laughs> thick and Starlight cannot get through it. And so I'm thinking, okay, since they're, since everyone's always has the fuzzy slippers on because they're constantly polishing Spectre, maybe it's just a big thing of wax. Hmm. Good point. They can't get through this goop. And Starlight's like, I'm an excellent swimmer. I can't do this. <laughs> but he puts Rainbow into a boat, which has no oars, which is, again, why. Starlight gets in the boat, and then Onyx comes with his little blasters and shoots them as the glitter bots are gooping down in the water. And it's very ominous. You see this them going into the water and just reaching for them is creepy. <laughs> uh, and Onyx blasts them in the face with his blasters and they go shooting down the river. It's kind of funny to me that whatever this liquid is does not just short-circuit them. I'm thinking robot plus water or liquid, whatever. Not a good combination. But they just plow right through. No problem. And every time I see Starlight stuck in it, my brain goes immediately to Neverending Story in the swamps of sadness. And I'm like, Artex, no! <laughs> Thankfully, that's another movie, because I would die if Starlight died. <laughs> I'm very sad now. Thank you. So, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so they go down the rapids, and they say, you know, they see the waterfall, and Onyx lets go of the back and then tries to push towards the phone, trying to push them against the current. And then somehow he kind of maneuvers the boat between his neck and is able to fly <laughs> off with it. And then gravity catches up and they end up falling down anyway. But <laughs> they fall down on top of Chris. <laughs> and <laughs> On his house. Yeah, he pops out saying, you think, you know, dropping a boat's going to stop me? Think again. <laughs> or like, is that the best you got? <laughs> And then you hear Onyx going, Chris, all really nice and sweet. Aww. And then Onyx is like, here, Rainbow Bright, I brought you help. And Chris is all mean, like, this is what you call help? A girl? Mm -hmm. To which I just wanted to slap the little bugger. But, <laughs> but Rainbow Bright stands her ground. She's not put off. She's like, well, you can come with us if you're not afraid. So she puts him in, her, in, her, in his place. Um... I was always very proud of her attitude. <laughs> She's saying, you know, that they need to stop the princess. And so he says, well, why don't you go tell her that? And she goes, I guess I'll have to. And so she decides to go off to where the princess is, where it's, it's never told exactly where it is. If it's, you know, 
it's definitely not on Spectra. So I assume it's its mm-hmm. own planet, which is really, really dark and has lots of water and weird creatures. <laughs> um, so they go off to where her castle is. In the meantime, while they're traveling through space, it cuts back to Earth, where everyone is majorly depressed because the winter won't go away. The news anchor man is like, why am I even still here? Everyone else has given up. Why haven't I? And just like stalks off. So Brian grabs his rainbow key and runs to his closet, puts it in to try to get to rainbow land to help whatever's happening. And that doesn't even work. Like you see the rainbow for a split second and then it just fades away. And he's like, even the magic has given up. (laughs) And he like yells into the darkness, rainbow, help us or something, which was always just so sad. (laughs) It is. But, But yeah, then they do arrive at the princess's world. And it's just a, very high on top of a cliff with this pathway up to it. And so Rainbow and Chris decide to go up there and the princess sees them from her high castle. And it's just like, children, children never bring good presents. (laughs) The princess starts this wind trying to blow them away. And that doesn't work. And Starlight and Onyx are staying behind. And then there's this huge explosion and the pathway breaks in half or part of it disappears or something. Yeah. It starts to pull them towards the castle and then tosses them in. And then these, this goop starts to come up between the cracks in the floor. And this is the castle creature. And at first it's several little, little bitty ones going, what do you want here? And, you know, we're here to see the princess. And Chris goes, please. (laughs) And, (laughs) The castle creature says no and then glomps together and becomes this huge castle creature which starts to chase them but Rainbow blasts it with her rainbow belt and the princess sees this and goes I have to have that belt. So they somehow herd them through different passageways and such down the chute and into an elevator which will actually go straight to the princess. When they get to her throne room, it's like they're getting this grand entrance. You know, the prince, her highness, has been expecting you. <laughs> this is where we get to really see the princess, which is the evil princess from the very beginning of the film. She's a tall woman with bright red hair. And she's petting a jewel. <laughs> <laughs> her pet emerald. And uh, she goes, where's my presents? And it's like, how can you think of presence at a time like this? And so they try to attack her. But, you know, at this point, Rainbow is the only person that actually has a weapon. She has her color belt. Uh, But the jewel is more powerful than the Rainbow magic. And she's able to zap both Rainbow and Chris unconscious, which was very odd. But she takes the belt Mm -hmm. off. And sends them... Just throw them in the dungeon. Yep. When they get to Rainbow Bright and Chris start fighting about who is right and wrong. About what's happened. And Onyx appears at the window. He's like trying to break them out. He's just like ramming the wall. Mm -hmm. Thinking he can just bust through and it's not working. Mm -hmm. Um, So Rainbow says, Onyx, go get Starlight! And Chris is like... Why do we want Starlight? He can't even fly without your belt. 
And Rainbow says, well, he can think, which is more than your horse can do. And I was like, burn! <laughs> Onyx hears, you know, you know, go find Starlight. And he's like, plan accepted. And he goes to the outside where, where, where Starlight is waiting. Because, again, Starlight cannot fly without Rainbow. And they formulate a plan in which Onyx will be a diversion... And he will sneak into the castle. Yes. And then again, Onyx is saying, mission accepted. He's a brave (laughs) horse. So he starts flying around, drawing the fire, drawing the attention. And he can do some crazy maneuvers. (laughs) Like he's flying upside down and straight up and diving and twisting. And yeah, he's a very talented flyer. (laughs) So while he's doing that, Starlight runs across the bridge into the castle because the doors are still open. And he's like, there must be stairs around here. And that's when he finds the elevator. Uh, but he can't make it work. He like keeps pr- trying to press the buttons with his snout. And it's not doing anything. Uh, meanwhile, the princess is upstairs angry about something. She is getting ready. Her hair's in curlers and she hears all the commotion, which you know, freaks her out and causes her hair to go limp again. And (laughs) she tells the guards to get rid of the horse. And she goes to the elevator. She goes, stand back. I'm coming down. And she calls the elevator, which has Starlight in it. And then it comes up and she's like, ah, another horse. And (laughs) he runs through, sees the belt on the back of her chair, grabs the belt don't get teeth marks on my belt. <laughs> Starlight's hilarious in this part. You know, the little noises that oh, he yeah. makes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then he runs out onto the balcony and throws the belt over so that uh, Onyx can get it. And Onyx gets the belt and takes it back to Rainbow, where he drops it and then kicks it in to the window of the dungeon. And they are able to use the rainbow to block the door, keeping the guards from coming in and yet make a stairway out the window so they can get out. Once outside, the rainbow was able to catch Starlight, who was shoved over the balcony. That was just mean. Yeah. (laughs) And they start running away. But the princess, who all of a sudden is all dressed in her little royal robes and her hair is better now, uses her magic jewel to send a beam after them to send them someplace where they can never, ever bother her again. So while they're trying to run away to Rainbow Land so that they can get reinforcements, suddenly this vortex follows them and zaps them away to the prison planet. Which this was actually a very sad scene because I just saw them trying to get away and Onyx with his little boosters almost getting out, but the vortex just shoomp, won't let him go. Yep. Poor things. (laughs) Yep. I was just thinking, you know, when they push Starlight off the balcony and Rainbow rescues him with the rainbow. I want to know how many times in the Rainbow Bright series Starlight almost dies. Because there's so many times where he runs and jumps and doesn't quite make it or falls off a bridge or falls down a cliff. There's so many times where he falls off of stuff. And it's amazing that the horse is still alive um, after all of that. Oh, yeah. That just goes to prove how magnificent Starlight is. (laughs) 
Yeah, he has to have some quality that really does make him the most magnificent horse without it just being his ego. Totally. Firm believer. (laughs) (laughs) So the vortex turns into like this bubble and drops Rainbow Bright and Chris into a large plateau somewhere in... It's kind of like this desert-looking area with these big rock formations sticking up. So they're on top of one of these rock formations and Sergeant Zombo, which is another new character, um, an employee of the princess, obviously, comes over and he's like, hey, give me that belt or you're never getting out of here or something. And she's like, no, you can't have it. Or wait, no, they, that's right. They try to jump down or somebody tries to jump down and Starlight fell down. And so he takes Starlight. And he says, this my oh, horse now. His right. name is Crusader. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> right. So because she refuses him, he puts this these bars up so they really can't get down. Mm-hmm. Um, but once he takes Crusader and leaves, uh, Onyx breaks them out by bumping around and finally making a big hole in the, in the rock mm-hmm. so they can get out. And Murky and Lurky, we find out, are also on this planet. So obviously, <laughs> they made the Glitterbots mad. <laughs> Somehow made the princess angry and got banished as well. And then Chris and Rainbow Bright and Onyx take off to try to find Starlight and get off this planet. And they meet these big green frog-looking creatures. Are these the Slurthies? Yes. Okay. And they're... Which, okay, this part is kind of creepy in a weird way. Because <laughs> when they're above ground, they're wearing these huge cloaks. They look kind of like monks. Because they're mm-hmm. wearing these huge brown cloaks. Um, but they're basically trying to eat them. You know, they keep, like, licking their lips. And, like, ooh, you look tasty. Um, and for a while, you think they're going to get away. But one of them keeps, like, pressing down on Onyx. And he overloads his circuits trying to get away. Um, so the thing just throws him down. And Rainbow and Chris are running away. Um, but they act, they do capture Chris, though, don't they? Um, yes. And then Rainbow Bright falls down into this pit. Um, it falls in, like, this underground river. Um, so maybe they weren't trying to eat them after all. It just looked like it. <laughs> yeah, because they, they take them to the fortress. Because they don't take them to eat them, because when they catch them, they drag both of them to the fort where Zombo takes them and then sends them back out. There you go. Okay. But in the meantime, Rainbow is down in this pit trying to escape. And there's a bunch more Slurthies down there. But for some reason, none of these are wearing cloaks. They're just naked. Um, (laughs) That part was always just a little weird to me. Like, why do some of them wear clothes and the rest don't? I don't understand. (laughs) I'm thinking because they're trying to stay wet. I guess. If I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe when they're doing the princess's bidding, they have to wear clothes because she can't stand the sight of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when they're in their own home, out of the sun, they just lounge around in the water and do whatever they want. Uh, but but Rainbow's trying to run up this this thing to get out, and they hear her, so they all start chasing after her, and there's no power left in her belt. Uh, but finally she sees Oren and Oren's all like, Rainbow Bright, I found you. And he has a bag of star sprinkles, like every good Sprite should. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so she runs over and grabs a star sprinkle and uses that to recharge her belt and like blinds the slurlies and they all fall back down while her and Orin try to escape. But then the slurlies just get mad and start busting through the rock, running after them, and they just cause a huge avalanche of rock and they all tumble to their deaths. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what it seems like. They, yeah, they just completely tear up their home and it just falls on top of them. Uh, and Rainbow uses a rainbow to lift her and Orin mm-hmm. out of the pit. So then they go off to rescue Chris and Starlight and Onyx. Yep. Before they get to the fort, however, he, they decide to um, have a little talk where he introduces himself. He is the mysterious Orin and... When she asks how he had star sprinkles, he just says that he and Magic are old friends. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> <laughs> but that he wants Rainbow Bright to give Chris the prism and he will be the hero that he's always dreamed of being. She, it's funny because she she gives it to him and he never tells her how it works. <laughs> Meantime, at the fort, uh, the starlight is using the fact that he can speak to his advantage because no one else can realize yet that starlight does speak. So he's able to say stuff like attention, which makes the robot stop. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> and then he's just like coyly going, <clears throat> nay. <laughs> uh, so when, the glitter bots, I believe that they are bringing in Murky and Lurky at this point. Of course. <laughs> that Rainbow Bright uses this distraction to take the rainbow and get over the fort, toss the prism to Chris and rescue Starlight. And he's just like, thanks, how does it work? I forgot to ask. <laughs> Because all she does is she hands him the prism and then zaps it with her color belt. That's it. Because the rule is, is that the, the rainbow always has to be nearby for it to work. Yes. So he uses it to, like, crystallize Sergeant Zombo. Yep. Like, puts him into ice or rock or something. And then when they get away, I remember because Murky and Lurky afterwards, after they get out and they leave... Murky and Lurky are still running around the inside of the fort trying to leave and they get <laughs> caught. Again. They save everyone and take off back to the princess's mm-hmm. castle. But in the meantime, Murky and Lurky have been brought there mm-hmm. already uh, and are promising the princess to help catch Rainbow Bright for her. So yeah, Murky and Lurky are really making the rounds in this movie. Oh yeah. All, a lot of stuff behind the scenes were like, how did they get there? And then how did they get back so fast? And <laughs> You would think the prison planet being somewhere that she banishes people to, it would be much farther away so they couldn't just ride through space and be there in five minutes. But whatevs. Maybe there aren't that many planets in this system wherever they are. And Murky lies to the princess by saying that Rainbow Bright actually has a bunch of color belts and that he can get Rainbow and all the belts for her. Uh, But he has to leave. And so his intention at this point if I'm not mistaken, is not to help the princess, but just to go home. <laughs> yes, precisely. <laughs> but in the meantime that this deal is being hatched on an asteroid field nearby, you see Onyx 
Rainbow, Chris, Starlight, and Orin. And he explains that, you know, they have to get inside the princess's castle and destroy her magic jewel. And so Orin takes Onyx to go back to Spectra. He leaves Rainbow, Bright, Chris, and Starlight to go to the fortress, where they have to sneak through his really large wheel that is left (laughs) unguarded. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Chris and Rainbow, they go on ahead and they leave Starlight behind. They get inside. I remember the the, the pipe breaks and they fall into the waterworks that are inside the, uh, the castle. Where then a monster is now. I'm curious, is this the same monster from earlier or no? I don't believe so. Yeah, this is a big red guy. And he is really evil looking. (laughs) Uh, While in the water, because there's a lot of rapids going on, I remember Rainbow Bright's belt starts to blink. And Chris blasts the evil monster with his prism blaster that's on his wrist. And it turns into fish, which was odd. Lots of rainbow fish. Love it. (laughs) And then it empties out into a fountain that's inside the castle. And they look out the window towards Spectra, which you apparently can see from the window. So it's not that far. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And back on Spectra, Orin and Popo, who is the only ones not hypnotized, are cutting the net that is covering Spectra. And I love how Popo is just carrying on like how are the two of us going to defeat all of these or whatever and Orin's like talk a little less work a little more <laughs> Orin has all the best lines <laughs> yeah he talks about how he can't see the earth anymore and then it goes back to earth where you see Brian and all the snow because the storms outside are getting worse yes and starlight also decides to follow them after a time. Mm -hmm. Something about the most magnificent horse in the universe shouldn't just be standing here waiting. So he follows through on the big wheel and then gets on this ramp thing that goes around the castle. And he's just kind of out of the picture for a little while while Rainbow and Chris break back into the princess's room where her powerful stone thing is. Which makes me wonder, if Starlight was able to get in there, how come they didn't go the way he did? (laughs) Right? (laughs) <laughs> all right so in the princess's throne room the princess tries to fight rainbow bright and chris the same way she did before but they now both have magical weapons rainbow bright has her belt and chris of course has his prism and they concentrate both the rainbow and the prism on the jewel itself while the princess is being distracted because murky spaceship is crashing through the window of course <laughs> When the power from the prism and the rainbow destroy the jewel, everything starts turning to stone, which I thought was neat. Yeah, that was. And I think we are at least told why Murky and Lurky are back this time is because they are lost. (laughs) They think they're going to Rainbow Land. Instead, they crash into the princess's tower. But, you know, Rainbow and Starlight are there. So Lurky's like, see, I told you it was Rainbow Land. And then the princess runs away after they defeat her power. And Murky thinks he's going to take out Rainbow Bright now. Yeah, right. And then Starlight makes his big appearance, coming from who knows where, Mm -hmm. and just kicks Murky's spaceship. Mm -hmm. And it just topples over, uh, over the side. (laughs) And then the princess runs down to her spaceship and takes off towards Spectra, even though she doesn't have all of her power anymore. She's still determined to get there. Yep. 
So Rainbow, Bright, and Chris realize that the uh, princess is going to Spectra, so they have to hurry to follow her, which this is an interesting scene of watching the princess have a total hissy fit, (laughs) (laughs) especially as she starts to go towards the planet, and then she realizes that she's slowing down because she's running out of fuel. And then she throws her own jewel, her pet jewel, she throws it into the reactor. I thought that was so sad. I know, right? (laughs) Gets towards the planet, and because her jewel has been destroyed, the glitter bots are no longer functioning, and all the hypnotized spectrons are no longer hypnotized. And she goes towards the planet and realizes that the net's gone because Oren and Popo have cut it and they're destroying it so she has nothing to latch on to. So the princess says, if I can't have it, no one's going to have it. I always get my way in the end and is intending on crashing her ship into the planet and destroying it because Oren says if it, if they, she does, it'll break the planet into a billion pieces. Kind of a fragile planet, if you think about it. Yeah. (laughs) Must be very hollow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But this is when we see the ship going towards Spectra, and then a rainbow suddenly appears. The ship pulls back and explodes. Yeah. That made no sense. I didn't understand why. (laughs) Yeah, it really doesn't. The explosion, I don't understand at all. But yeah, rainbow just makes... The rainbow to deflect the ship, you know, so it's thrown off course, but then apparently it malfunctions and completely explodes. Because Rainbow wouldn't explode anybody on purpose, <laughs> even if they are completely evil. She's a good guy. <laughs> but we find out later in the series that the queen escaped anyway, so. Yep. She must have had an escape pod. <laughs> <laughs> but everything is saved, Spectra is restored. Everybody's cheering. Yay! Yep. The earth, um, the snow on earth melts and Brian goes out to play ball where he, he throws the ball against the rainbow. And Stormy has been in rainbow land this entire time doing Rainbow Bright's job. So she's, what is it that she said? I think it's so cute. Um, something about think next season she'll take a vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and then all the color kids come out and they welcome Chris. Um, I guess Rainbow introduces him mm-hmm. and they're all like, hi. And then they get to meet Oren as well, mm-hmm. which I would have thought the Sprites would be more excited about Oren being there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're, the, he's this mythical person who exists. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe after the movie was over, they had a huge party. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> um, but Oren then gives Onyx to Chris uh, for keeps. Mm-hmm. And they say they're going to all work together to keep the universe bright forever. So I, I wonder at this point if Oren had plans to stay there, you know, because he gives Onyx to Chris. So where's he going to go and how is he going to get there? <laughs> um, but we never see him in any of the future episodes. So we don't know what happens to Oren after this movie. <laughs> but bringing uh, Onyx to Rainbow Land, it made me think that Chris was going to stay in Rainbow Land, which didn't happen. He actually, in the movie, in the episode after this, Horse of a Different Color, Chris comes back from Spectra on Onyx. So Chris was not in Rainbow Land. So they probably gave Oren a ride. And then it ends with Lurky and Lurky still flying through space with their map trying to find Rainbow Land. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Maybe it's this way. Oh, no, that way. Oh, maybe it's this way. (laughs) 
But overall, uh, I really enjoyed the Rainbow Bright movie. <laughs> oh, totally. And the Rainbow Bright and Me song that plays over the credits at the end is so awesome. <laughs> I just love that song. Yep, that um, is actually credited as the Rainbow Bright theme these days. Have you noticed that? You go onto these little soundtracks that are like on Amazon.com. It says Rainbow Bright theme and it's Rainbow Bright and Me. Huh. Interesting. It's a great song, but it's not the theme. They did replace the ending theme from the television show with Rainbow Bright and Me after this. That's true. That's true. Um, and Howard R. Cohen wrote that song as well. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he wrote just the lyrics or he wrote, you know, he came up with the melody and everything. I've always been curious about that. Um, I know he wrote the lyrics and the music was Haim Saban and Suki Levy. Okay. That's what's in the credits of the movie. And... The movie also said it was, you know, it was written by Howard R. Cohen, but also, however you pronounce it, is it Jean or Jean Chalopin? Sounds very French. Who was a producer on a lot of the episodes, but not a writer. So I found it interesting that they were a writer on this movie. Mm -mm. Uh, That's what it says on IMDb. (laughs) Jean Chalopin, uh, he was the executive producer along with Andy Hayward. Uh, according to the film credit, songs Brand New Day and Rainbow Bright and Me, lyrics by Howard R. Cohen. Oh, well, my, one of my boxes, uh, one of my VHSs, a screenplay by Howard R. Cohen, story by Jean Chalopin. Ah. So I guess Jean came up with the idea and then Howard actually wrote out the script. And I like that this movie came out in many different languages um many different countries like the episodes not so much um i've seen vhs's you know from the uk and australia um but i think they've all been in english correct me if i'm wrong uh but star stealer i've seen uh, a finnish version i've seen a i believe an argentinian version german trying to remember if there's any others the american dvd has english french and spanish on it awesome Um, yeah let's talk about that dvd for a minute yes (laughs) (laughs) so the dvd of rainbow bright and the star stealer was released in 2004 Mm -hmm. and was widely available for how long a year maybe Uh, and yeah then was completely pulled so it was obviously just a, a short run and has not been reprinted since. Um, so I don't know how many copies they made, but it's getting to be a rare commodity on Amazon. I think they're selling for like $80 each. Mm-hmm. Um, on eBay, you can probably get it a little cheaper than that, but not by much. Uh, at least probably 30 to 40 to begin with and sometimes going much higher than that. But since you know the movie was made in 85, I'm hoping maybe in like 2015... They'll do like a 30th anniversary of the movie mm-hmm. and re-release it. Hopefully. Maybe do a Blu-ray or something. That would be awesome. Yep. The original DVD actually threw us all off because the picture that they originally released had two discs. But when they actually released the video or the DVD, it only had one disc. <laughs> Shame on them. Messing with us like that. I like the original VHS cover, the DVD cover, as well as the night of the 2004 re-release VHS, um, which are pretty much identical between the two, except for, you know, a couple of art 
pieces have changed uh, between the two. I did not care for this artwork. I know why. Because it looks like Twink is about to fall off a starlight. That's why you don't like it, isn't it? Oh, well, no, it's, it's not so much that. There is, um, Twink definitely does look like he was pieced in there. Uh, there's this, yeah. there's this void that's like right between Rainbow Bright's arm and Twink. And he, he, it doesn't, it's not proportioned right. Um, the, the cover art underneath or the back is just the poster from Rainbow Land, um, mm-hmm. which, which is, is cute. They use this for the backdrop for the old website that they had. Um, I don't care for the Onyx and Chris. Uh, they look terrible. I just... <laughs> yeah, like Chris has brown hair on here. Not right. He's a redhead. Well, is it red? I thought his, he did look sort of brownish to me. I thought in the movie it looked like he was a redhead. Hmm. Or at least... A light reddish brown. Yeah, on the group picture when he meets the color kids, I did note that he his hair color did look like Red Butler's between Red and Lala. Mm Mm-hmm. But this piece of artwork, it looks very dark brown, which is just silly. But Onyx looks horrible. He looks bad. I just, ugh, I hate that Onyx. Versus the original VHS cover, which was uh, of the poster. Um, mm-hmm. and then you have the Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer comic book. Uh, now the comic book was given out at the premiere. Uh, I actually had a copy. Um, me and my sister both got one when we went to see it and it was produced by DC Comics. So Rainbow Bright, I guess we can now officially say is a DC comic book character. <laughs> she's, she's up there with Batman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Superman. Uh, <laughs> Very nice. But the comic book did differ in a few ways from the uh, the movie. Uh, the sprites in Spectra had crescent moons on their antenna instead of orbs. In the comic, mm. uh, there was an extra scene which involved Brian saving a robin and her eggs from the winter cold. Uh, Tickle Pink is not in the comic book. Uh, And Stormy is only in there once. It doesn't show her taking care of Rainbow Land while Rainbow is away. It just shows her doing the race. And uh, the final scene where Chris goes to Rainbow Land and that exchange is not in there either. Hmm. Um, But... You can tell I haven't looked through the comic in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I did not realize there were so many differences. The uh, comic book cover itself I enjoyed because it included everything. You saw Rainbow Land, you saw Spectra, you saw the f- Fortress, you saw Chris, the Princess, the Slur... Not, you don't see the Slur, you see Count Blog. Um, the Glitterbots and Murky and Lurky. So everybody's on that cover. It looks really nice. Uh, the art inside, um, the print lacks something to be desired personally, but... Eh. I actually do have a few copies of this, which for an honor of Brightcast, I am going to be giving one away. So, <gasps> yay! If you want a copy of the Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer uh, DC comic, yay! go to Brightcast's Facebook page and you will find a Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer comic book picture. 
like the picture, share the picture, and you could win. We will pick someone randomly to win the comic. So get in those likes, <laughs> and you may be the first contest winner for Brightcast. Yay! Da -da! <laughs> And we hope that you enjoyed this movie as much as we did. We'd love to hear some feedback. Um, so you want to leave us a voicemail or send us an email to read on the podcast, anything like that. Uh, childhood memories, maybe, of the movie. Maybe that you watch it every month. Uh <laughs> <laughs> if you got an interesting tidbit, we would love to hear it. So please send those, so please send those our way. Yes, uh, if you're going to leave us a voicemail, uh, the voicemail phone number is 702-900-STAR or 702-900-7827 or use vocaroo.com, uh, save the file and send it to brightcast, that's B-R-I-T-E-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. We would, of course, love to hear from you. Uh, tell us what your favorite part of the star stealer movie is um if you got the new christmas ornament um or anything that you would like to share with us and you could be in the next episode of brightcast uh, be sure to like us on facebook follow us on twitter and tune in on youtube don't forget to subscribe and until next time have, have a rainbow day, day!